Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. Today, we're going to talk about something unique. Yes, the very first home loss to the Coliseum for head coach Lincoln Riley. Of course, Utah comes in, gets the last second field goal, and beats the Trojans 34-32. to I know a lot of USC fans very upset uh, over the weekend. It's Monday. Maybe things have settled down a little bit, but uh, we got a lot of voicemails, a lot of emails to get to and of course we're going to get the uh, takes of the coach harvey hyde who's joining us you can uh, follow him on twitter at coach harvey hyde or go to his website harveyhyde.com for all of his content we're looking forward to hearing from him if you have questions uh, the email address is podcast at uscfootball.com and the number to call in and try to keep them short we got a lot of voicemails that are like two minutes long sorry we can't play those just keep them tight keep them short we'd love to hear from you just can't be that long uh, 424-254-9141. If you have the Apple Podcasting app, leave us a five-star review and a rating over there is awesome. We really appreciate it. And we appreciate the coach who's here. Coach, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting uh, podcast because, as you know, I'm as honest as I can be as far as what I see and how I feel. And I think that's why you listen to the podcast. If I was going to just say everything that everybody else said or or just went along with whatever was right, uh, as far as keeping everybody happy, then you wouldn't be happy. Uh, maybe the school would be happy and the football program would be happy, but you as a listener might not be happy, but I'm not being honest with you. So, Ryan, I'm going to be honest with how I see it as a past head football coach for 25 to 30 years, on what I've seen as far as it related to the USC football tradition. And that's what we expect from you, Coach, and we love to hear from it. Um, so I'll tee up. I mean, to me, we go, we went into this game thinking it was a must-win uh, for USC. You know, Lincoln Riley lost to Kyle Whittingham twice last year. Crazy game in Salt Lake City. You know, leads in both games. Caleb Williams injuries. You know, bad penalties. Whatever you want to say but just didn't come out on the right side. And uh, you needed to do it. You needed to figure out a way to come out on the right side of this one. And USC did take the lead late, um, but wasn't dominating this game uh, for most of the time there. And, you know, did, you know, was able to get the lead, gave up that last, uh, you know, last minute drive and, and the last second field goal and, and all that. But to me, this is, it's inexcusable. This is a Utah squad that was not at full strength. They've had a ton of, of injuries. You had a safety playing running back and slot receiver, you know, Cam rising after this game announced, you know, that, that he wasn't going to be back this year at all. Brent Keefe, their best pass catcher wasn't around. They've had a lot of other injuries and there's injuries in college football, but this was really a team that was under man, uh, wasn't very explosive in passing game. They were a running team. USC's defense allows them to throw the ball all over the place. And, to me, this is an inexcusable loss because this was an undermanned Utah squad. You had them at home. This was a game that USC needed to win and did not. And that's why I kind of sympathize with the Trojan fans that are really upset after this one. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Is it inexcusable? What, what, is, what are your thoughts on, on the game, Coach? Well, you know, it goes back a long ways. Uh, whether it's excusable or not excusable, it's a it's very disappointing uh performance say the last three or four games as far as what USC people and what Lincoln Riley said when he was announced and the school announced what they expected at this time of his second year with the Heisman Trophy winner coming back and the portal and the NILs and everything's been talking about all the commercials and the money they're making and 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 that Caleb William uh, maybe uh, staying another year and all the outside distractions on top of the football schedule that's so important to the people at at USC. I mean, the people at USC don't share in the NIL or the money or care about that part of the football program. 
they expect some of the boosters to participate in that or whatever, uh, to be able to utilize or whatever their fan base is to uh, be able to recruit on the national level, which is something that people do now as far as necessarily needing NIL. But uh, people don't care about that. They want to see a product on the field. They want to see a product they're proud of. They want to see the tradition of what USC football is all about. They don't want to be embarrassed by the way they play or the way they look or the way they act. They want it to, to be I hate to say it, like the old days, the days that we're expecting USC to be, we're a private school, we got a great football tradition, and really it's not any better than what it was under Clay Helton. I think Bill Plasky explained it in the Times when he said at the same stage with 22 games, Clay Helton and Lincoln Riley have the same record, 17-5. and five. So where have they come with all this preseason hype over the last two years as far as getting it done. And I also think it's part of the administration's fault at USC not to teach the people that are now in the current administration positions at USC of what USC football and USC tradition is. What it is really to fight on. What it is really to be out in the public speaking at the San Gabriel Country Club or the San Gabriel Quarterback Club or the San Diego Quarterback Club or all of these different clubs that were there that so supported the San Fernando Quarterback Club that they don't go on tour anymore because what, so-called they don't do it? Well, I think that's what people are saying. Well, maybe we can put up with that, but you better give us a, a product on the football field that we can say, okay, we're giving up something to get something. And I also think, too, the way the media has been handled, as far as probably people not understanding that are in charge of the athletic department, not realizing, as a lot of articles have been saying, that this is not Norman, Oklahoma, or this is not uh, other parts of the country, you're in the Mecca media capital of the world your competition is not just usc not oklahoma it's the rams the chargers the lakers the clippers the dodgers i mean i can go on and on and on we are in a competitive marketplace and our head football coach has got to be marketable and he cannot run by the media onto the practice field without even saying gentlemen how are you today thank you for coming and we cannot be given as, if you consider me a media person, not the right to be able to interview players more frequently, uh, move around the practice field and have a better angle, be treated rudely when people stand, rudely when people stand in front of you when you're trying to watch practice in a, in a practice area by 10 by 10. And I think this is a hand-down type of effect from the past administration as far as who the sports information director was. And Katie Ryan, who currently is that in that position, was taught by one person, and that was Tim Testolo. So it isn't like there has been a feeling of you want to be there. You look forward to going there because they treat you very, very comfortable. Here's a bottle of water. It's a hot day. Please be careful when you walk around the practice field. Please uh, do this, do that. No, it's it's like it's an honor to be there. It's an honor to be able to watch 10 minutes of practice. It's an honor to be able to interview a football player. There is no social relationship whatsoever with the coaching staffs at all in a very smooth atmosphere like a restaurant or or a conversation of any somewhat during practice or or anything. And I'm sort of giving you my thoughts of the background before we get into the football performance. And I think they expect the team to act like a football team and not be me first and team second. And I think they want to see the team cheer for each other. They don't want to see a Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams, who is a tremendous player and probably a tremendous person, which I've never had the opportunity of meeting, in the biggest part of a football game, sitting on the bench when the other team 
is driving down the field and him not standing next to the defense, cheering, cheering for the defense to make that stop. I think there's so many different things, yet you have part of your team waving towels and maybe 15 players with a cheerleader in front of them waving towels and dancing. How much can they be in the football game? And knowing what the play's called or watching their position. And you watch the sideline activity or the pregame activities when other teams come out dressed in a uniform, looking sharp in their pre-warm-up drills and the Trojans come out sometimes shirtless, not even a shirt on. I mean, representing the University of Southern California. I think that if you're someone who watches everything and the Trojans watch everything and they put everything together because when they're asked to do something, they send their checks into the school. I think now when things don't go the way they want it to go, people all of a sudden start to recognize all of these things. And it's easier to say things against what's happening than if you did all those things and you said, well, the only thing that I see that's wrong with this program is it's the performance on the field. But I think it's all termites. And if you remember, termites can eat up a whole building where the whole building collapses. It's not one problem. It's a series of problems of hiring the wrong people from the very beginning, getting rid of, since they got rid of Mike Garrett, because of political reasons and whatever else that goes along with that, you've seen a decline in the entire athletic department. And morale, I don't know what the morale is. And you see so many people hanging around on the sidelines. What do they do? What do they do? So this is my opening statement. And if you can agree with me out there, or you can disagree with me. But I watch the whole thing. I don't watch just the play being called. So since I've said that and you have to show, now we can go into what you want to discuss, right? You went all the way back to Mike Garrett, Coach Hyde. Wow. So it's, uh, but I, yeah, I get your point. Um, it's not just, oh, they're not good on defense or whatever. There's, there's more problems. And I think that's why you brought in Mike Bone and, and now Jen Cohen. You bring in Lincoln Riley to try to fix a lot of those problems in the athletic department, but we're still seeing a lot of them out there. But, you know, specifically for this game, Coach, uh, you know, a guy like Bryson Barnes was not an effective quarterback. Uh, you know, the pig farmer, as they call him, you know, Kyle Willingham called him that. Um, you know, he has his best game. Uh, Sione Vake, uh, you know, almost 150 yards receiving and a couple of touchdowns. It, this is back to another, like, high water mark for an opposing offense. I mean, they were getting almost, you know, two yards per play more uh, in this one. Bryson Barnes, almost his, he almost had 17 yards per completion uh, as a quarterback. This was a very limited team. They could not throw the ball, scoring seven offensive points against UCLA, scoring seven offensive points against Oregon State. And then against USC, they did some good things. They got some stops. But, man, if they didn't get the stop, it seemed to be really bad. So maybe we can start on the defensive side of the ball. It just seems like you allow another high water mark to an offense that just wasn't that good, and they have like their career day against USC. All right, we'll start with the defensive side. First of all, they're unsound defensively. They ask people to take uh, responsibility that it's impossible to achieve. Impossible. I was a defensive coordinator, okay? You take Shelby, the defensive end, he's a rush in. You give him the wheel route. He's supposed to rush the practice, stop the off-tackle play, and then cover the wheel route down the sideline that they hit immediately, but they had that from scouting. And he chased him all the way down the, the field. I mean, how do you do that? That's not even sound. It's not even sound. They did it on a big third down play, too, when they needed it. They came back and ran that play. Then they made the switch from giving it to him. And I'm just watching the game, and I see this, okay? They gave it to Davis, uh, the linebacker, and this time he came over the middle 
because uh, you you adjust your route if uh, if the person has got you in the wheel route, you come back in front of him and catch the football. So he adjusted his route. Davis went with him. He went out. Then he came in, and when he cut back out, he fell right on his face. It looked like he had never known how to settle up or make a tackle. It really, it's embarrassing if you want to go back and see that, do it. And I don't want to just pick on a linebacker, but everybody tells me how great he is. He's a freshman, I know, but cut that clip out if you have it and take a look at it. They get a big play again there. Uh, their secondary play uh, is not sound. I mean, uh, the guy throws the ball right to Bullock. It runs it down the field. It wasn't like there was a great play. It looked like he was a receiver. But again, they did it. They got the turnover. They scored the touchdown. They could have won the football game. They had the momentum going there. But, uh, you know, there's always a breakdown. There always seems to be the linebackers aren't scraping to the right hole. Or there's a guy doing a, a defensive uh, targeting or two plays a defensive targeting or whatever. Now, that's just called discipline. Okay, is there discipline within the USC football program not to do those things? I mean, you've got I saw the defensive line coach. He was really upset at Alexander. Uh, Yet the discipline that starts from when you get on the bus or run on the practice field or go to class or all the other different things, what type of uniform, the shirt you wear, uh, all of that is part of the program. It's called discipline. Don't beat yourself. Make somebody beat you. And in that closing drive, they beat themselves. You, you, you can't have that. that. That run by the quarterback. Please, how do you allow that? Play safe. Don't let anything happen. Keep the ball in front of you. No big plays. Don't let them get a first down. Don't let them get out of bounds. Do what you have to do to win a football game. Be a game changer. Be a guy that makes a play. No one makes a play. There's no one making a play, and then again, half the team is pouting, sitting on the, or whatever, sitting on the bench, not even involved in the most important series of the game, if you're going to win or lose, which was an exciting football game, but not played well. So the defense gives up all those stats against a team that really hasn't been a great offensive production uh, offense plays great defense, they play the third-string quarterback, and you've got the Heisman Trophy winner as a quarterback. You've out-recruited them every single year, yet you out-coached, get out-coached every single year. Now, I don't know. You tell me where it is. Is is it that uh, he's such a great coach, or does he have just that many great players more than what USC has? Everybody else doesn't think so. But he is a great coach, okay? Uh, and uh, to get out coached that many times or out played that many times, it just doesn't happen, okay? So obviously there's some problems there. Uh, but somebody's got to admit that there's problems there. And there really hasn't been anybody that stood up and said, yes, we got some problems, or we're not doing it right, or we're not sound. It's always we're going to clean up some. Well, you can only wash the car so many times, okay? Uh, eventually you need to repaint it or whatever. So on the defensive side, uh, not sound, poor tackling, poor execution, poor penalties. Uh, so what can I say positive? I mean, I'm trying to find one of the things. So touchdown, yes, positive, okay? And I think last year the difference is I think they had 23 turnovers or whatever, and this year they don't do that, and that's where the stops were last year. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, Coach. If, I mean, the big plays are an issue too. I mean, and Utah had six explosive plays of 15 yards or more in the passing game, nine more in the running game. You know, USC is the explosive offense, and USC only had five explosive passes and seven explosive runs. Um, it's for Utah to have that kind of an offensive day, it just this was completely out of character. That's the biggest issue I have when you allow a team that's like do things that's out of character. And I, I get like the whole fundamental problems with discipline and everything, but how can this defense continue to give up plays like that to a team that's very limited offensively, at least on at least, you know, one aspect of it on the passing game? Well, it's because of, like I just mentioned, uh, poor execution on the defensive sound aside. Uh, on uh, uh, 
you just uh, assignments uh, not uh, uh, done properly, uh, uh, the impossible assignments for a player to to do, uh, uh, not settling up, uh, a lot of things. I mean, you can see a combination tackle penalties. It's not one thing. It's a little bit of everything, okay? And when you have a little bit of everything, like I said, termites lead it up. And and then you've got to be a unit. You've got to be for each other. You've got to, you know, what can I explain to you? The sideline, what can I explain to you? The whole, the screen. You think the screen over the play calling has been the problems over the last three weeks? I mean, please. I mean, holding up is they're getting the signals or whatever. That's not the problem because the problem is is what you're trying to do offensively that's unsound. And not that he hasn't been a great play caller, but he's been a play. He's had some great players that have made plays like Caleb made last year. He's not making this year because he was creative and they didn't play the same defenses last year that they're playing this year. They've had a whole year to learn how to defense Caleb Williams. And they're doing that because he does not believe in the running game. And I don't care what anybody says. I've said this at day one. You don't win championships without being physical, and they're not physical, unless they're going to have a, a targeting program or, or a targeting shot on somebody. They don't have a series of running games. They don't move the pocket. They don't play action pass well. When they play action pass well, it'll help him. They run a draw play. I'm on the offensive side for some reason, but no, I'm that's on fine. a roll. Yeah. We wanted to go to offense. That's they, good. Yeah. And, they, and, they, and, they, and they, they run that draw play when he scores a touchdown, which was a call play. They showed the little, they showed the little ride like it was a play action. It was a broken play. Uh, that they score on. He didn't need to write it. Just run a draw and run in there. They pull the offside guard. It was a call play. Well, these are all part of the things that go with a passing offense. Draws by the quarterback. Run your quarterback up the middle. Run regular draws. When they ran a regular draw, they ran it against an odd man front where it's pretty tough to run it up the middle when you have a guy on the center. And, 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 and all those other things. the screens and so on. They don't do the things that a passing team does. Plus, they do not believe in running the football. Otherwise, why did you stop running the football? Why didn't you continue? Because that's not in your brain to do something that's working. It's in your brain to throw the football first. And it just comes out when you think that way. Yeah, I mean, the run game, that's one of been, it's been one of the criticisms that this was a, uh, they were having a lot of success early in the game uh, with the, uh, you know, running the ball. And then it just seemed to, I guess they just kind of got away from it. And, you know, Lincoln Riley was, you know, asked about success of the run game and everything. And, you know, he defends his, you know, his uh, record as a play caller. He's been a tremendous play caller. But it just seems like last week against Notre Dame, they're trying to run the ball when it wasn't working. And then the games when the run is really working, they've just kind of shied away from it. Well, you can look, even on television, okay? I watch a game on television. I'm watching television, and I'm calling the plays, okay? I'm calling the plays before the plays happen in a lot of situations. Why? By the alignment of the running back. I mean, if the little running back cheats out, uh, then he's going to run the power play. The reason he is, he wants the offside line to be in front of him. If he doesn't, If he takes his normal alignment, where he does when they do the read... Uh, read zone or the zone read, and then basically he's going to be closer to the quarterback. So, you know, you can look at these and you know exactly what's happening most of the time. And when he's back far, it's, in most situations, it's going to be a, a pass or some type of swing or something where he can get in the right, right per, uh, position. So, you know, and then, you know, you know, uh, just... You just can tell when certain things are going to happen. Now, they went through two back sets. I think one time they put the tight end in the backfield to help block on, on that. But remember, when teams bring their ends up the field to stop Caleb Williams, that's when you destroy them off tackle. You pull the offside, you go off tackle right and left, and all of a sudden that defensive end is in a no zone, doesn't know what to do. Come up the field or if he should stop and look for the run coming, and that all comes off of play action. 
because he doesn't know. He doesn't know what to do. And when they're coming after you, like they've been coming after Caleb, you got to slow them down with the running game and play action pass. And if you don't believe in it, it isn't going to happen. So the poor kid doesn't really have a chance to do what he should do with the great skill players he has or running players across the field with play action, making the guy that's playing man chase him the whole way. And eventually, he's going to be chasing him and it's going to be a completion with crossing routes and all kind of different things that you do against that. Comebacks, all these post routes, different things. But, you know, I'm not running the offense. Uh, To me, uh, I used to say it of T. Martin uh, when he used to call plays, uh, I used to call it 31 flavors, which means you really don't know what type of ice cream you want to eat. Yeah, there seems to be a little bit of that. They had 10 rushes for, you know, 100 yards in the first quarter, and then just sort of got away from it after that. So that was a little... Not sort of. Not sort of, Brian. Let's say it the way it is. They got away from it. Yeah. They didn't do what it took to win a football game. All right. Well, we got a lot of questions to get to, so why don't we do this? Let's take a quick break. We'll come back, and I'm sure there's a lot more topics to talk about with this game. We'll uh, get to them and all the questions. So back in a minute. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Are you looking to advertise a campaign, short film, a public service announcement, an important message? Look no further than Regency Outdoor. We have been around since 1974 and have the greatest locations in Southern California for your advertising goals. Our creative billboards are sure to catch everyone's attention, make an impact anywhere and everywhere in Southern California. To get started and for more information, call 310-657-8883 or visit regencyoutdoor.com. Regency makes it easier than ever to get your message everywhere in Southern California. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle podcast. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of questions to get to, Coach. Um, let's start with, let's see, we had a, so we had a long voicemail from our friend Joan. Um, sorry, it was over two minutes. We can't play it, but she said she's been at games and leaving early. She said it's hard to watch. She watched the defense from the Penn State Ohio State game, and that's what she wants to see from USC. She has faith in Lincoln Riley to get it right but he's got to hire the right coaches. Um, yeah, if you watch some of those other games with high-level defense being played, that's really not what you're seeing from USC. Well, uh, let me ask you something. Because you've got a service. Uh, you've got uh, uh, recruiting uh, services. So I wanted you to ask Gerard Martinez what players are saying, great defensive players around the country. Do they want to go play at USC? I mean, really, when you... When you don't play well, your recruiting is affected, and coaches use that against you. So you've got to be able sometimes to make the necessary changes, otherwise your recruiting is not going to go well either. Now, Coach Riley said when he came to USC, his plans on being there a long time. Well, if you plan on being at USC for a long time, you've got to win and you've got to recruit and you've got to have some type of freshman foundation with great players, with great coaches that players want to come and play for. It can't be all portal. It can't be all of that. You've got to have some local background that knows what USC is all about, the tradition of USC, how to say fight on, know what the song means, and all of the above. And when you have scattered from all over the world, they didn't even know where USC's campus was before or how to get from the Coliseum to USC's campus, even if it was 10 minutes from the campus where they practice. So you've got to be able to do these type of things and sort of bring everything back to where we are. I say we, where USC is. Because I'm not a graduate of USC. I was adopted by USC. 
by doing a lot of USC radio. And I loved it because I became a Trojan. I wanted to go to USC as a football player all my life. I wasn't able to. I went to the University of Arizona because I wasn't good enough because all the great players wanted to go to USC. So, you know, I think that's where it starts as far as on the defensive side of the football, as far as wanting to be able to play at USC, and the only way you can improve that is, like you said, you've got to have a name, recognizable coordinator now. Nothing. I'm, I'm hating to say this. I'm hating to say this because uh, it's not happening on the defensive side of the football. And it isn't going to change because I don't see it changing after so many different times of seeing the same stuff. Yeah. So it's got to be positive, and the only way it's going to be positive is something to happen to get the great defensive players. Right now, Asteroid Martinez, okay? How many of them now can't wait to go to USC? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, but hey, change is necessary in some things. Yeah, I agree with you, Coach. Uh, Frank in Fresno had another long voicemail, so can't play it. But he's very disappointed. He's a fan since 78. He wants to see things get mixed up. He thinks the play calling's too vanilla. And he said the defense let us down again, and Grinch has to go. So thanks for the voicemail. Again, try to keep them uh, short so we can play them. Um, we had a text message from, uh, from all the way from Greece. Okay, Coach Hyde. So what would you be telling your staff after this game? Uh, Robert from Mykonos. He says, fight on. I don't know what I'd be telling them. I would probably be taking the blame on myself as far as not being able to. And I think he said that. I think he's basically saying that when he didn't bring the kids uh, to the press conference. He didn't want to put him that put him in that position because it's not the kids. Okay, it's not the kids. The kids are trying. They're doing everything they can. So what are you going to ask the kids? Why didn't you win? What do you think went wrong? And, you know, it's not the kids. It's what's going on. So I really think I'd have to look at myself and say, what am I doing wrong around here? What are we doing wrong around here? Uh, we're not We're not in the left-hand lane on the freeway, obviously. We're, 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 we're broke down. And they are. And uh, I can't help but think that inside the program, and I'm just guessing, that there's a lot of uh, a lot of thinking going on among coaches and players and the whole package. Because there's some players that aren't playing. You have so many receivers that are, are alternating. They're not getting their turns. The running back has a great start and it never plays again. Harley. Uh, uh, you know, and, and Caleb Williams can't be feeling good about all this, okay? And what is his thoughts? What if he decided to shut it down? What if he decided now to say, you know what? I'm through playing because I might get hurt this year. What would you, what happen then? Or what if these players shut it down because they don't go to a January 1st bowl game and you don't have half your team playing in the bowl game? How does that represent USC and Trojan football? What would the Trojan fans think of that? So you've got all these things on your mind and your plate that you've got to consider. And, of course, you're close to your coaches. But, of course, you have responsibility as the president of the United States, which your football program is to you, to make the necessary changes that change. And you have to change. You have to change. Maybe what you did in the past isn't working at USC. Maybe your press relations and way you handle isn't working at USC. Maybe the offense you're running currently at USC and where you're going to the Big Ten, you're not going to win doing that. So you better start figuring it out because that's what they're paying you to do. And as I said before, the administration is be better figure it out. You had Shosha. He came, helped Shosha. He left. Why did he leave? 
Whitey, because he wanted to go back to the NFL. He was the one that helped select a coach at USC. Mike Bone, who helped bring Lincoln Riley to uh, USC. He's gone. Who in the hell is he working for? All these guys that hired him and gone and made the promises to him. And what's the new AD think about this? I'm going to tell you, you read uh, Bill Plasky's columns today in the Los Angeles Times, and I'm sure that the athletic director and the college president are getting some nasty calls, okay? So what is the answer? Well, as a head football coach, I'm going to ask you that. Are they going to ask you that? What are your plans? What are your thoughts? And with making $10 million a year, you better have an answer. All right, Coach. Uh, let's see. Next up, uh, we have a uh, – let's see. Oh, we'll do a text I don't know. This might be a little bit too hard for everybody. I'm not sure. But, you know, I'm just telling you, man. I'm telling you, I feel like they do. Yeah. Uh, I feel sorry for the kids. It's not the kids. I mean, put them in a position where they can perform and win and, and be together as a team. And a team is not just a football team. A team is the athletic department in the university. They all got to be on the same page. Everybody. Okay, that's that. All right. Uh, Steve wanted your take on the towel boys, which you already you gave. Oh, so yeah. you're not real happy about that. Let's play a voice. I mean, really, guys. Uh, I mean, think about it. What is that? Are you a football player on scholarship? Are you? Are you on the dance team? I mean, I'm, I'm not quite sure. And is Coach Riley blind to that? Is that something they've always had? I mean, what is that about? That's like doing uh, math in a science class or <laughs> PE class. I mean, it doesn't even fit. And when you're winning and everything, it, people don't watch that as much. But when you're losing, you say, what is that costing us a game in scholarships to have that cheer squad? I don't know. All right. Well, here's a voicemail for you. Hey, it's Don from Chi-Town. Uh, uh, the Utah field goal just went through the upright. This is for uh, Coach Hyde and Ryan. No more excuses. It's absolutely unbelievable. We get outcoached again. We can't set the frickin' edge on defense. Stupid penalties. No adjustments at halftime. The offense abandons the running game. This is absurd. Absurd. Jen Cohen's gotten to get involved in this. We can't take this anymore, Ryan. We can't take it. We can't take it. Something has not well, changed. Because we don't, it's like we don't care anymore. We just don't care. Don from Chicago. Don, not too happy, Coach. Hey, not too happy. I wish I had this show. We had this show Sunday so we could have talked to him then and brought him back down to earth because I know how he feels, okay? I used to do that show on Sunday morning. Remember on ESPN called Trojan Brunch? Oh, yeah. It was a two two-hour therapy session for pay business was good when they lost business was bad when they won <laughs> it was it was a great show i love doing that show i don't know how many of you listen to it uh well he said it all i mean i think we've said all that before i mean i'm sorry your your question came along after we had discussed a lot of things but we've i more or less have agreed with him on everything he said it's uh, very frustrating it's it's not what they expect. It's not what people hold as far as uh, the the Trojan image, the Trojan tradition. A lot of it isn't there that used to be there before because of the change in non-Trojan alumni being as part of the important parts of the campus administration. Uh, some of the things that had been changed, the salute to Troy came back, but not the same way it used to be. I mean, all the things that people love has been changed. Uh, the demise of the clubs, I mean, Ryan, you speak at all of them, okay? You used to speak at all of them. You and I spoke at a lot of them together. I mean, why would you discontinue those people? Why would you do these people raise money for the athletic department? Why? Because someone got a an idea, and I I just heard this, I don't know, that 
they were, they're not sure how that money was being used. I mean, come on. My goodness. I mean, they've been there for years in supporting the university. So, you know, it comes from too many outside people that don't know the tradition of USC. I could get into the I could get into the press box. We could talk about that. We could talk about so many different things if you compare it with other universities. I don't know. That one gentleman said that he watched the Ohio State-Penn State game. Did he also notice how the teams warmed up and had special uniforms, both teams, just to warm up in? And then when the game started, they changed and came out in their proper gear. I mean, those are the type of things that are so important. Not shirtless, okay? Please. Okay, go on. <laughs> you don't like the shirtless thing, Coach. Uh, no, your buddy... no that, that's, not, that's, not, that's not what you do. You're not at the beach, okay? Yeah. You're getting ready for a contest, you know. You're not, you're not carrying your your special NIL clothing into the Coliseum, uh, advertising like you're on the uh, the walk or whatever you call the fashion shows, you know. Yeah, hey, the, come the, in the with runway, your game yeah. face on, please. The, what they what do they call that? The runway, yeah. Yeah, the runway. Come in with your football face on, okay? I mean, you've got to be a doctor like getting ready for surgery. I mean, that's what you're doing, really. You want to do surgery on your opponent, okay? All right. Our, your buddy, Sir Eric of Troy, uh, texted in. He said, this is a take-it-or-leave-it question uh, for Ryan and Coach Hyde. This year's team was said to have much more talent than last year's team, especially at key positions. Take it or leave it. Last year's team would have beaten this year's team in a head-to-head matchup. And please explain your answer. Um, I'll go real quick, Coach. I'll take yeah, it. I want you to go first. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, I think this the 2023 team is potentially more talented, certainly on the defensive side of the ball. But the 2022 team, for whatever reason, played more like a team. And they had, there was problems, for sure. There was warts but not the kind we're seeing week in and week out for the last month uh, with this year's team. So, I mean, if you were going to take individual players, I might, I'll might i probably take 2023, but as a team, I'd take 2022. What do you think, Coach? I'd agree. I'd agree. I think uh, some of the players that have been there for a couple of years now aren't uh, seeing keen things come about the way they were told it was going to come about, so they're not into the same... Uh, groove they were before as far as drinking the port, drinking the wine, drinking the water, toasting to what we're going to do. I think there's a doubt now in players' minds. Are are we who we think we are or what? And uh, coming into the Coliseum, it used to be uh, a place you never wanted to play. It's not that anymore. And I think there's a lot of things that uh, are going through their their minds. I would say the 2022 team didn't have quite the skills, but I think the 2023 team uh, also has probably some better personnel, but not getting the correct play out of some of the positions and alignments and assignments that they can perform and they aren't capable of performing some of the things that you're asking them to do. We had a text from Sheldon Riverside. Um, got a lot of texts this week. He says, uh, so two questions from him. First is, can you break down the decision to go for two on the first attempt? So this is after the Kalen Bullock pick six, uh, team went for two. He said, it sounded right to me since the offense has been stalled out since the first quarter and makes it a three-point ball game. Um, I, you know, I'm more of it's early enough. There's enough time left, or whatever, that I wouldn't chase the points. But I don't. Know, did you feel like it was the right call to go for two, Coach? I'd have gone for one. I'd have taken the one point. Had faith in myself, and so on, and keep on track. That one point made a big difference in the game. Big difference in the game. Uh, I'd have gone for one. I can't remember all the situations, so I don't want to just start talking about it because I can't remember the score. I can't remember the time of the game. I can't remember all that time when that happened. So I, I but I think at the time I said I'd rather have gone for one. Yeah. 
Uh, same. And then he wants to know, do you think Rick Lincoln Riley is still the guy to get USC back to national prominence? And if so, does he need to rebuild the coaching staff to field an elite USC team? Um, real quick, he's already brought them back to national prominence. They're nationally relevant again. They were not before. But can they be an elite team? That's where they're not yet. I, I don't know. Um, what do you think, Coach? Well, that's a tough question. Uh, I think there's got to be a lot of change if that happens, okay? A lot of change in philosophy, a lot of change in the offense, a lot of change in the defense, a lot of change as being a head football coach rather than an offensive coordinator, someone in charge and responsible for the entire program and willing to say it's my responsibility on all sides of the football of what happens on the football field. And until that happens, and until he is a head football coach and and acts uh, at that, that is his responsibility and is willing to give up the play calling and and all of the above, uh, I, I, I think there's, it's questionable. But I think if he's willing to do that, and uh, because he's got so many other things to do, being a head football coach, and it takes all his time being the offensive coordinator rather than being what a head football coach does regarding personal appearances, uh, uh, media relationships, and all of that, I think it would be difficult. All right, let's go to another voicemail. Hey, this is uh, Richard calling from Huntsville, Alabama, right after the game. Um, Unbelievable. I can't believe how the breakdown is going on. I don't know what's going on with Riley and time management and the same thing with Grinch, but it seems like we're on a revolving door here with coaches. And I think with Lincoln Riley, uh, we have to realize, or he has to realize, this is in Oklahoma, this is L.A., and this is just completely unacceptable. Um, I don't know about uh, the rest of the people, but uh looks like a bad year for us with Oregon and Washington on the horizon. Been a USC fan, season ticket holder since 1956, and uh, I don't like what I see. So, thanks. Hope to hear from you guys and uh, carry on. Love you guys. Bye. Well, I think we've discussed it a lot. We appreciate you calling in. It's just that you're sort of the end as far as uh, asking the questions. I think it's going to be a difficult finish for this year because of the opponents they sell out to feel and don't feel, uh, play. And don't think Cal's a, a give me, okay? Because Cal's very much aware of what the problems are at USC. And they know what a huge game this could be if they could pull it off. So from now on, uh, everyone knows they're beatable. Uh, they all know they're beatable. So that uh, gets them a little bit more excited to play the Trojans. You know, when you don't think you can beat a team, you really just want to get by it, don't get anybody hurt, and continue with your season. But now it's a whole different goal for these teams. They're going to get fired up and uh, want to play uh, the Trojans. And again, it's a Trojan attitude on how they'll adjust all of this, player-wise, coaches-wise, and all of the above as far as taking on the rest of these opponents. Uh, Washington, Oregon, UCLA. Uh, UCLA uh, changed their starter and looked good this past week. They play great defense. So, again, they'll be playing another defense. And I don't have to tell you about Washington and Oregon. So, Cal is a team that uh, is a dangerous football team for USC currently right now. Because USC is going to have to make some changes on the offensive side of the football. Are you going to say to say, see the same damn defense again that you've seen the last three or four weeks? Why change? They can't adjust to it. So why should you make any type of changes that use the game plan that Notre Dame used, Utah used, and make it your game plan or a combination of both? So uh, that's my thought on that. And uh, I think we've hit all your other questions or your yeah. answers uh, to your other questions. Fair enough. Uh, Frank at Sacramento wrote in the email and said, the Chargers come all the way back to take their first lead against Utah and they can't make a stop. With the move to the Big Ten next year, they will need to get much better on defense. Jim Leonard is available and was a defensive coordinator at Wisconsin. There's probably a great special teams coach out there, too. You can't solve a problem until you're willing to admit you have one. Even stubborn Brian Kelly made coaching changes at Notre Dame when he realized he needed to. Frank in Sacramento. 
No, I agree. It's going to be a, a big change. New stadiums, new people, different teams, different travels. You're going to play in stadiums you've never played in before. It's going to be a big adjustment. Be a bigger, bigger adjustment for the teams from the Pac-12 than the Big Ten. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a difficult, different type of ball. This year they've been fortunate so far in the Midwest as far as weather's concerned. They've had some rain, but it hadn't been like 30 degrees with the wind blowing and, and hail or ice in your face. So next year there could be that. And unless you have a running game or whatever you have and played a little bit of their style of football, it ain't going to be fun. I'm going to tell you that. And you don't think there's a, 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 a taste in those coaches' mouths and players as far as as their thoughts as far as wanting to play USC and here you're coming into our conference. We're going to show you what our conference is all about. We play football. So, you know, it's all of those type of things that have happened. I don't want to get back to it all, but the two opponents that just beat USC, Utah and Notre Dame, remember a year ago what was painted on Caleb Williams' fingers. And if I'm a football coach, I first of all think, how would I allow that? How would I allow that? And how would I, as an opponent, the next year when I play USC, not try to utilize that as far as a reason to beat him? Yeah, it comes up a lot. I mean, he hasn't done that this year, but it was that last No, no, but just think about how How could you have allowed that? As a head football coach, an athletic director, an associate athletic director, for a young man to put that on his fingers. Now, that shows me the type of discipline that's in that program. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know if they're checking. I mean, think about it. If that was my son, we'd go out in the woodshed, okay? (laughs) I'm just telling you that. Then they can put me in jail later for it. Yeah. Can't do that or now, Or he coach. kicked my butt. Or he kicked my butt. But I tell you, he isn't going to have that on his fingers. Yeah. <laughs> and I, whoever's advising him, that was a terrible, terrible thing for that young man. But he's a good young man. But that's the type of stuff you don't do. And I think that's what the SC people realize, and they've seen one thing after the next. And this is why it's got to this point. Yeah. You don't think you you don't think Willingham? You ever watch the intenseness in Willingham? He's a tough dude now. Okay, those players play for him because he backs up who he is. You think one of his players would have put that on his fingers? I uh, do not. <laughs> All right, we got one. We got uh, two more questions. I hate to make a big point of those things, but I feel sorry for Caleb. No worries. I feel sorry that someone did not advise him. All right, we got one last voicemail. And and one I more. call that weakness in administration. Okay, coach, and we're moving on. Oh, I don't care. Go ahead. All right, here's the next voicemail. Hey, Ryan, Coach Hyde, how are you? Franco from the East Coast. So after uh, kicking a field goal last night to close to 31-26, the announcer said Lincoln Riley is wagering on his defense. That's got to be one of the scariest things you could hear. I mean, that sent, that shivers through all of our spines as USC fans. Um Anyway, so Coach Hyde, last week you threw down the uh, gauntlet test. Someone asked the question, so I'll do it now. What would you do if you went to a staff meeting after that game? Take care. Bye. <laughs> well, uh, I think I think I, I think I tried to answer this earlier. I would uh, probably address the team too and tell them that what we're doing obviously isn't right. And I would tell my coaching staff that it all falls on me, like I said earlier, because he's a head football coach, obviously. It does all fall on him. And uh, he's got to decide what changes he needs to make in his football program. Uh, It's probably difficult midway through the season to make these changes, but you've got to say, what are we doing right and what are we doing wrong? And and try to straighten it up. And, you know, you're going to have some resistance from players. You're going to have some resistance from coaches. Uh, and I think coaches are worried about their coaching positions and jobs, and players aren't real happy right now. They're not getting their turns, and 
they're not having the success that they anticipated. So you got them all problems because you talk about championships, you talk about the media thinking you should win the Pac-12, and obviously you're not going to win the Pac-12, and you're trying to just hold on, man. You're looking for the life vest, okay? i got to put a life vest. The ship's going down. So uh, I think you've got, as a head football coach, how to keep it together, and he knows more about his program than I do. I don't know what's happening on the inside. I don't know what's happening in the equipment room. I don't know what's happening in the sports information. I don't know what the ADs are telling them. I don't know what the players' attitudes are. I don't know any of that. But all I can say, I don't think it's good. So you better uh, try to keep it together as long as you can, get through this year, and decide what you're going to do. All right, Coach, we've got one last uh, email for you, and we'll let you go. Uh, This is from our buddy Dan, class of 62. Well, another game and another Trojan frustration. It is really bad when you believe that too much time was left on a clock when one minute and 45 seconds uh, after the go-ahead touchdown on two tremendous plays uh, because some things never seem to get better, like giving up 50 yards with an undisciplined uh, spearing penalty. He meant 15 yards, I think. Uh, and then 20-yard quarterback run because the defense still doesn't know how to rush with containment. Utah deserved to win this game because they were the tougher and better coach team. As long as Coach Riley refuses to admit the shortcomings of this team, we will never win a championship. Caleb Williams and Zachariah Branch, along with Caleb Bullock, could not make up for a weak run defense, poor offensive play calling, and a general lack of toughness, especially for the defensive front seven. I hope that my grandchildren will be able to see a Trojan team like the McKay and Carroll eras. But as for me, all hope is gone. Fight on and hopefully win someday. Dan, class of 62. Wow. Dan's out of hope, coach. Can you give him some hope? No. <laughs> no. You're going to leave him hanging. Just no hope. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I hope your grandchildren do too see it. But uh, unless you get a little bit more of you know, the Trojan tradition back and what it's all about and what it means to be a Trojan. If you, Hey, let me ask you, Ryan. Do you sure. know what it means to be a Trojan? Do you know what it means to be a Trojan, really? I mean, I've, I've been one since 1998 when I went to school there, so I mean... Okay. I when so. Traveler comes on the field, do you know what that means? It's supposed to mean everybody stand up and say, fight on to the band and everything. Do you know what that means? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an do, important... Do you think that's still going on? Yeah. Oh, are we going to go? Uh, I'm curious where we're going with this one, Coach. Okay. No, I know. Well, I think that the power of what the Trojans are about is right now on the bubble. I'm not quite sure the young generation knows what it is to line up and beat the dog out of somebody when they run across the field with the white flag up. Please, we surrender. And that's what the Trojan family and that's what the Trojan football tradition is. Yeah. And and I think that is what people look like. I used to tell my team before the game, hey guys, our X is bigger than their O. I've already ordered the pizza for my <laughs> post-game party. If you screw this up, I'll kill you. That's great. <laughs> and and they would know what I would expect from them. Because I always felt if I have better players, I got a chance. I'm not saying I'm a better coach. But if I don't screw up my players and they play on the tradition of who we are, and we're going to beat the dog out of them, I'm not just saying we're going to win. I'm not saying I want to hurt them illegally. But I want them coming across the field at the end of the game and say, You've got one hell of a football team. That's the biggest compliment you can get from another coach or another player. Yeah, that's a good way place to end it, Coach. But uh, we appreciate all the insight. Yeah, maybe uh, something more positive next week after the Cal game. We'll see. We'll see. I hope. I hope. I'm getting worn out doing this. It's been like two weeks of uh, doom and gloom. But um, yeah. yeah, all right. Well, Coach, thank you so much. Make sure you check him out over at Coach Harvey Hyde. Uh, on Twitter and uh, HarveyHyde.com. Um, check out all his content. Oh, you got all your content over there, Coach. You, the Sunday radio show and all that still going on. 
Yeah, we got the Sunday show next Sunday uh, at 10 o'clock, AM 830. Uh, so if you want to get a quick fix, uh, and me, uh, I don't get into it like I do the podcast, but uh, we have uh, a lot of fun. There'll be two hours, and I think we'll have some fun. I think it's a two-hour show. Sometimes we hit bump because the Raiders are on the same station. But uh, it's coming this Sunday. What is it? It's a it's a two-hour show. Yeah, I wanted to look it up. So we'll go 10 to 12. All right. Well, that's the coach. You can check him out there, of course, here on the Peristyle Podcast. For the coach, I am Ryan. Hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 